This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. The content found on TheBestDayEver.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Okay, welcome everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gauthier, and I am here with Jing Herb expert, George Lamoureux. George Lamoureux is the founder of Jing Herbs. Jing Herbs is one of the premier herbal companies located in California, and it is one of our favorites here at the Longevity Warehouse and thebestfavor.com. George has been kind enough to offer his expert guidance and suggestions for people on thebestfavor.com inside the forum. He is here today to talk about an amazing herb, sort of, I guess, a mainstream herb now, ginseng, you can say is now a mainstream herb. So, George, I want to thank you for joining us. It's great to have you. Uh, It's my pleasure. Good to be here. Okay, George. So when we talk about ginseng, there's an awful lot of history to ginseng. It's one of those herbs that has a lot, a lot of time-tested experience and anecdotal stories and lore associated with it. Can you take us back in time a little bit with ginseng and how it was used? Who first started using ginseng and how did they use it? And what are, what are some of the, the stories and the lore behind ginseng that you can share with us? Certainly, uh, throughout the long history of Chinese herbalism, ginseng is probably the most recognized herb. Um, There can hardly be any other plant that is held in such high esteem by billions of people worldwide. This is truly an herb of legend, and most legends about ginseng have a reference about a nature deity or a spirit that, that is housed within the plant. Now, the, the, um, the first mention of ginseng uh, in text in China appeared in, a, in the great herbal treaties called Shennong's Ben Sao Jing, and that was about 3,500 B.C. And Emperor Shennong, uh, this is the guy uh, that is said to have started herbal medicine, and, and he did this by testing herbs himself for a very, very long time. So basically, since that time, uh, when ginseng was mentioned in that treatise, it has really become very, very popular. It's certainly starting out in China, but now this is an herb that is literally popular throughout the whole world. There are some really uh, great stories and the lore uh, uh, about this herb. Certainly one of the best ones that, that I can remember was, was called... Uh, was called the the legend of the howling ginseng, and w- what this was about is in the village of Shanghai. And if I refer to the village of Shanghai, you know that it, this is old because Shanghai is a major metropolitan city now. But when it was still a village in ancient China, there was a story about the villagers hearing these very strange howling noises every night and. Uh, the the populace could not get a good night's sleep because this howling went on most of the night. So finally, when they couldn't take it any longer, they decided to get a band together and go out and search for the, where this howling was coming from. 
what they finally found was they could hear the howling, but they were standing in front of this this plant, and it sounded like the sound or the, the howling was coming from beneath the earth. So what they did is they dug up this plant, and when they extracted it from the earth, it was in the shape of a human being. It was it was in the shape of a man, and that is the traditional name for ginseng in China is renshen, which means man root. So that's one of the you know lores about how ginseng was basically discovered. There was another one where it was said that the the most incredible ginseng roots actually gave off a phosphorescence glow in the forest at nighttime. And what would happen is these guys would go out into the forest and with bows and arrows, and where they saw the glowing, they would shoot the arrow toward that area. And then the next day, they would come back, and they would find where their arrows had landed, and there would be a ginseng root. Um, now, the interesting thing about that legend is that we have subsequently found out that um, glowworms and um, uh, lightning bugs are actually attracted to the ginseng root. So they may actually, in fact, have seen the, the glow from the glowworms and the lightning bugs around that plant. So that is one of the sort of the folklore that actually turned out to be true. When they were talking about the ginseng roots, they in, traditionally they graded them according to uh, from least prized to the most prized. So it would start off with the least prized type of root being a ch the child root, then the next would be a dragon root, then a phoenix root, a yin-yang root, a turtle root, and then a human or what they call the man root. Now, the significance of this designation is that a man root is said to be a celestial spirit which returns to the spirit of the universe after 300 years of growth. So as the ginseng root grows, it gradually assumes a human shape, perfecting the shape as the years go by. So after 300 years the root comes out of the earth in the form of a human figure. And although the creature appears to be very human, its blood is white, and a few drops, uh, they said, can, can restore life. Or they did say can bring someone back from, from death. But that's sort of uh, some of the lore that went along with, with the ginseng roots. At some point during, certainly during the dynastic periods in, in China, the emperors really guarded the, the ginseng. You know, this was a real treasure for them. And at one point, ginseng was only relegated to the imperial family. And under penalty of death, if you were caught with a ginseng root during that whole period of time, you would be put to death. So uh, it was a very, very protected commodity. And uh, it was used by other countries, as a matter of fact, as tribute to the to the emperors of China. Uh, they would give them prized ginseng roots.
Wow, that is a fascinating backstory of ginseng and some of the history of ginseng. This is coming from a tradition that really knows their herbs. The Chinese tradition are just so well known for their herbal wisdom and tried and tested centuries of herbalism is now coming to the West. Do you feel that ginseng is plays such a kind of prominent role in health protocols in nutritional regimens because it has some special characteristic or attribute that make it ideal for your average American or European or Westerner? I think probably the attributes of, you know, of that root is such that it can literally be taken by anyone. It is one of the amazing adaptogenic herbs in, in the Chinese, uh, you know, pharmacopoeia. That certainly may have, you know, something to do with, like, the chemical composition of, you know, of what ginseng has. I mean, it's had such a long history of continuous use as as a, a tonic, and, and certainly primarily a tonic herb. That's certainly the category that it falls in. Uh, like most of the tonic herbs, the superfoods, okay? And it certainly was part of the, the culinary tradition too because ginseng is used in China still to make uh, certain soups and broths and even even salads and, you know, it's, when it's eaten raw. So there's, there's that aspect to it that it, it really is part of the food group. But there are certain, like, chemical constituents in, in ginseng that have been identified that are sort of the active ingredients, and those are called saponins. Saponins are like, they're like a soap, well, when, when they dissolve in water, it makes like a foamy, soapy substance, and those are the saponins, um, and, or they're called ginsenicides, all right? And they're basically composed of, uh, of a sugar or, or a glycon portion, and then they have a non-sugar or a glycon portion. Now, the a glycon, the, the portion that is not a sugar, that's sort of the backbone of the gensenicides. And those are classified into like three different types. There's called um, a protopinaxadiol, and uh, a protopenex atriol, and also uh, oleanic acid. Now, the protopenex adiol, that is the part of the ginseng um, that has the, the, the calming or the sedating effect in the ginseng root. And then the protopenex atriol, that's the one that has the stimulating effect in the ginseng root. So when you have an herb like this, which is adaptogenic, which means it can do either of those things, it can either be stimulating or it can be sedating, all right, depending on where it was grown and what type of ginseng it is, it will exhibit different ratios of those two aspects. So for instance, the Asian ginseng, which is what most people are familiar with, really has more of the ingredient that is more stimulating. And the American ginseng is species of ginseng that has more of the calming chemical aspect to it. Right? Besides 
those major ginsenicides, you know, you have things in ginseng like um, nitrogenous compounds like amino acids and peptides and proteins and alkaloids. And there are also fat-soluble components of ginseng, like they have lipids and fatty acids and phytosterols and ginseng oils, organic acids, phenolic compounds, alkaloids, flavonoids, terpenoids. It also contains vitamins like folic acid and niacin and minerals like manganese, copper, cobalt, and vanadium, and also germanium also is in there. But here's the thing about, you know, in in present day, you know, when we try to isolate each one of these individual components and, and sort of say, okay, this is what does this and this is what does this. But one of the things that became really obvious with ginseng is even when they tried to isolate all of these individual ingredients and, and test them out, what they found was that they were trace elements always of other substances. Ginseng is probably one of the most chemically complex herbs that there is. And it's almost impossible to really get a good handle on what component is actually doing what in that, in that herb. But it is an incredible herb. And I'm just going to go through, so according to the traditional Chinese medicine, what some of the functions of this herb are. So it is called, the, the botanical name is called Panax ginseng, and that name alone is a, is a real tip-off because it comes from the Greek, from pan, which means all, and axos, which means cure. So they named this the cure-all herb, and it's, and it's really lived up to its reputation over the years. And it's, it's temperature and its properties in traditional Chinese medicine. It's sweet and it's slightly bitter and slightly warm. Now, the two channels in the body that this herb enters are the lung and the spleen. And this is going to be really significant, and I'm going to come back to this later. But there's a significance to the fact that it goes to those two organ systems. But the first thing that it does is it greatly tonifies what is known as yuan or source qi. So yuan qi in the body, this is the basis of all the energy in the body, right? Um, and it's somewhat connected to the jing, to the, to the basic energy of the body, but it is the, the qi or the manifestation of that. So this is really important that this herb actually tonifies or boosts that, that yuan source energy in the body. It is typically used for debil people with debilitated states, um, weakness, lack of appetite, lack of uh, ability to move around. You know, people who have been really, really ill, this is an herb that was typically given to them uh, for those kind of conditions. The second thing that it does, it strongly tonifies the spleen. And this is one of the organ systems that it enters. So what the spleen is in charge of, it enhances the function of the transformation and the transportation, especially significant in the assimilation and the transformation of nutrients into energy. This is basically the digestive function. So another thing that reishi does, I mean, excuse me, that ginseng does is 
it strongly tonifies the digestive organs so that they are able to break down and assimilate the nutrients from the food that you're ingesting. Then the third thing it does is it, it tonifies the lungs. And the lungs dominate the qi and control respiration. Now, in traditional Chinese medicine, the energy that you create on a day-to-day -day basis that your body needs to function is created from the, uh, from the spleen and the lung working together. So the food that you eat and the air that you breathe is, is the system that creates the energy that you need on a day-to-day -day basis. So this is also one of the things that is going to give you great longevity because if you create a, a significant amount of energy every day and you don't actually use it all, what the body will do is it will concentrate that energy and it will store it as jing. So, and this herb uh, really tonifies that system to be able to do that. So that's a major connection to really health and longevity with this herb. The next thing it does is it calms the shen. Uh, so in tonifying the qi, what it does is because of you, if you have an abundant amount of qi or, or yuan qi, that nourishes the heart. And the heart is the place where the shen resides or the spirit resides. So if you tonify the qi and the heart is basically nourished, the shen will be calm and you'll be calm. Uh, this is great. This is why ginseng, you know, and a lot of people think that ginseng is only used for energy. Ginseng, in this case, can also be used to treat insomnia and people who are having disturbed sleep or, you know, they don't have a restful sleep. Ginseng is really good for this, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, in, when I was working in, in retail for many, many, many years, seeing literally thousands of people, it was really interesting because if someone were to come in and they would be totally stressed out, like let's say they, were, they, they, they had a deadline to get done, and they were totally stressed out, and they had to stay up, and they had to work, 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 and so they would come in, and they would want major shots of ginseng. So we would give them the ginseng, and then they would come back the following day and, and you know, and say to us, what on earth did you do to me? They said, the only thing I wanted to do when I went home is I wanted to go to sleep. But that's the power of that root. I mean, it has such an intelligence because it knows that if the system needs rest, then that's actually what it will bring forth. It will bring forth rest. So just be aware of that. It tonifies chi and blood. So it also enhances the production of blood through tonifying the spleen, which is the organ that produces blood. So that's another great thing. It's, been, it's known to treat impotence in its capacity to tonify the yang energy of the body, and it's usually used in conjunction with other herbs like cistage, for instance, or epimidium or eucomia, but in combination, it really powerfully tonifies that jing essence for people who have uh, problems with uh, impotence. It also strongly strength strengthens the wei qi of the body, and that has to do with its connection to the lung energy too, but, you know, the wei qi 
is that is that protective energy right on the surface of the body that is your is your first line of defense for any kind of pathogen that may be uh, attacking you. So those are just um, you know some of the things according to traditional Chinese medicine that ginseng is known for. And Joyce, along with the different energy systems that it works with, the qi in particular, and calming the shen, and helping with the production of jing through building up that reservoir of excess energy, what are some of the sort of gross physical functions? I know a lot of people, when they hear ginseng, they, they think of immune system. Are there systems of the body, cardiovascular, immune, neurological, that you're aware of that ginseng helps directly with these maybe more gross manifestations that we call bodily systems, some of the major systems, maybe even the reproductive system? One of the great studies that was actually done with ginseng had to do with the central nervous system. Um, and it had to do, this is also has to do with its adaptogenic qualities. And it had to do with the, uh, with the, with the fight or flight syndrome or, or the reaction to, to stress. So be, because of its dual function of stimulation and inhibition, you know, ginseng provides an, an adaptogenic effect for the body under various, you know, environmental stresses. And uh, one of the ways that it does that is in its regulation of ACTH, you know, the, the, uh, the corticostimulating uh, hormone, the, uh, the one that, uh, the adrenals, the one that uh, signals the adrenals to start pumping adrenaline into the blood. And one of the things that ginseng does is, it actually targets the pituitary gland, which is, the, of course, the master control gland for the whole endocrine system. So one of the great things that ginseng absolutely does is it allows the organism to deal with any kind of stress that, that may be, you know, arising. Um, and it does this by the, I think some of the chemical compositions will actually um, occupy the receptor sites um, for the ACTH so that the adrenals will not have to produce as much adrenaline. So you're going to be, in a case like when you're dealing with stress, you're going to be very, very aware of the stress but you're not going to be reacting to it exactly the same way as someone who had not taken ginseng, for instance. You're going to be, you're going to be able to um, react more appropriately, more out of being proactive and rather than dealing on, uh, rather than coming from a fear. So, and, you know, that's a, a study that has been done scientifically. So it's amazing for the central nervous system uh, in that case. Um, another thing is uh, with cognition. A lot of studies have been done that moderate doses of ginseng have a marked effect in improving memory and learning ability. And this is a very, uh, this is, happens very shortly after the intake of ginseng, maybe within 20 to 30 minutes. They've, they've tested people um, with, with, uh, with, with memory, um, you know, with a memory test, and literally 20 minutes later, they perform higher on that test than they did 
before they were actually dosed with the ginseng. So it's a, that's a very fast effect that it has there. And I also mentioned the, the endocrinological with stimulating the, the pituitary to increase the secretion of ACTH. Um, it's also an immunostimulant, so it's got a major effect uh, on the immune system. It, um, what it basically does is it increases the function of the reticuloendothelial system, and it, and it increases the total amount of uh, immunoglo- immunoglobulin M in, in the body. So it really, uh, it really perks up the immune system uh, on, a, on a real gross level. Some of the other things that it does, which is really good for, for, for instance, for diabetics, ginsengs help to regulate blood glucose levels. So they they really keep they they, they really keep the blood levels uh, normal or, or steady. So if you are someone, for instance, who is not insulin dependent, but you have you know a type diabetes where it can be controlled by uh, by your diet. You know, ginseng would be one of the herbs that you should absolutely include in your regimen because it will help to keep your blood sugars at a real stable level. Um, one of the other things it does is uh, it also helps to um, keep blood lipids low. So it will help to lower cholesterol levels in the blood. Not as much as uh, red yeast rice does, um, but it still has a, a pretty good a uh, pretty good effect on that. Um, you know, maybe I should also explain the, the different types of ginseng that there are and um, because I know that people will say, oh, I, I want to take some ginseng. So they'll go into the store and they'll just buy whatever it is that they have there. And they may, in fact, be getting something that is not really what they should be getting. First of all, if, you know, you can do like a whole combination of ginsengs, like extracts, and if they're if they're balanced, they will basically contain most of these uh, ginsengs that I'm going to talk about. So that would probably be appropriate for everyone because uh, it's sort of like a neutral system. But ginsengs themselves, uh, different forms of them, have very very different energies. So what I'm going to do is I'll start with American ginseng, which actually, which is not called Panax ginseng. It's called it's called Panax cinquefolium, uh, and that's specific certainly to North America. And the reason that American ginseng is prized so much is because it has much less of that stimulating aspect to it and more of the calming aspect, and it is has it's a cool nature instead of being slightly warm american ginseng is a cooling ginseng so if you have someone who has a really fiery constitution someone who's you know like really that kind of you know energetic and but they can still do ginseng but american ginseng would be the appropriate one for them to do because it's going to balance the fire in their own constitution and American ginseng, by the way, is also a ginseng that I very often give to women who are perimenopausal or menopausal, even during the fact that they're, even when they're having hot flashes. And a lot of people think, oh my God, why would you do that? Because that kind of ginseng is not heating and it helps to generate fluid in the body. 
So because there's an ascension of the yang energy in perimenopausal and menopausal women where they start to get those big heat flashes, this would counteract that. And we, we usually also give them another, another formula to, to really cool it down. But because the ginseng will target the pituitary gland, it will also help in regulating their hormones, which are, you know, then being thrown out of whack totally. So it, it has that double action. It has the endocrine activity to it, but it also has that cooling action to it. So that's really important about American ginseng, and that's what makes it really unique, right? And then you have then you have the Asian ginseng, which is the usual the the normal white ginseng that most people are familiar with. That has uh, a slightly warming energy to it. Again, it's not overly warm. It's but but it's slightly warmer. But it's basically the same kind of substance as American ginseng, although it does have that aspect where it has a little bit more of the stimulating chemical components to it than the American ginseng does. And then you move a little bit further, and then you go into the into the red ginsengs, especially the Korean red, which is which is really world famous. And what they do with the Korean red ginseng is they actually steam it, and they steam it with a, a real ancient recipe that they have used for literally hundreds and hundreds of years, and that really turns the, the, that ginseng into a hot ginseng. So this is definitely one that you would give people who had more of that yin constitution or who had more, you know, cold kind of characteristics going on. That would be a, a ginseng that would be really good for, you know, warming them back up again. Or it would be the kind of ginseng that you would do if you happen to live in really cold climates and you have really, uh, you know, like really bad winters, then that kind of ginseng would really help to balance that, your, that macrocosm, which is really cold, and you could sort of offset that by making yourself a little bit warmer to, to you know, to balance that out. And so basically that's, you know, that, like that's the, the spectrum from the nice, cool stuff to the real hot stuff. When you have a formula that can be sort of neutral, you'll have a little bit of both, but you'll, you'll make that formula so that it has both of those characteristics. Then that's pretty much like, uh, you know, a formula that most people could take and they wouldn't have a problem with it at all. And then the other thing is, uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention, the difference between wild ginseng and cultivated ginseng, right? And the major aspect is that wild ginseng, which is certainly becoming rarer nowadays, um, that really has a, a spirit or a shen to it that is incredibly incredibly strong because most of those roots are anywhere from 50 years old upwards to 150 years old. And you remember when I was talking about the what they believed about the man root, that it actually matures in 300 years? Well, you don't really see that many 300-year-old roots, but that whole aspect of 
the the Shen quality that the root starts to exhibit as it as it ages, as it gets older, it's almost like the wisdom of the root really starts to come through. And that's the main difference between a cultivated ginseng and a wild ginseng. It's not that the cultivated ginsengs are, are bad roots or that they're really inferior. They're not. They're really good, great cultivated roots. They just don't have the shen quality that the old wild roots have. They have all of the physical kind of energy to it, but the shen is not quite the same as, as in the, the really, really old roots. And I, you know, I spent the whole month of April in China collecting ginseng roots, really, really old ginseng roots. I actually saw a couple of them that were priced at just under $200,000 each. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, they were, uh, they were uh, really amazing, really amazing roots. So that just shows how they value the herbs over there. I mean, the power of an, an aged wild ginseng is something that we've been talking about for a few years now, and that's that's a rare commodity. And what we want to do with this informational piece is just give people an idea of how precious ginseng is as really a, a daily tonic. I mean, what you're talking about in terms of the properties of ginseng, to me, resonate tonic herb. I don't know if that's the same with the red Korean ginseng, but... Would you say that ginseng is, is a tonic herb that can be taken daily, or how would you approach taking it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ginseng is, is, is one of the best tonic herbs that there is to be taken on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and here's the, the thing. You know, you do not have to take a lot of this herb for it to really, you know, do what it needs to do. You can take really moderate doses of ginseng, but it should be taken over a long period of time. I mean, you literally can, you can take ginseng for years, and it does have that cumulative benefit effect on the body. A lot of, as a matter of fact, it's been shown in clinical studies that if you take large amounts of ginseng at one time, it has the sedative effect. It, it, it'll actually, like, sedate you, large doses. So large doses are not something that I recommend. I recommend moderate doses over a long period of time, and that's when you really, really start to see the benefits of ginseng. Absolutely. It's a great tonic herb. Okay, fantastic. And I want to wrap up this interview by asking about your formula, Sheng Nong's ginseng, and sort of the, the type of ginseng that you use in that formula, what else is in there, and just anything you can tell us about that particular ginseng product. It's a tincture that's really one of my favorites. That's for, for the preparation of this interview. I did about three squirts of that, and I did a couple squirts of your deer antler. So I always feel like I'm in the, in the right frame of mind when I'm doing an interview with you if I have those in my, in my system. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that really, that must have put you in a good space, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah well, what we did with, with the, the Shen Nongs is, you know, what I was talking about earlier about um, doing a balanced formula where you're going to get the energy of the American ginseng, which is, which is the cooling, um, and the more, uh, more calming ginseng, and then you do some of the Asian and the Korean 
which is the warmer or the hotter ginseng, so that you get that that activity, but you're balancing off the coolness. And then you include, for the Shen aspect, you include those wild roots, those incredible. And, you know, the, the roots that I put into the Shen Nung's ginseng, those roots are usually around 70-year-old roots. They, some of them may be older, but they, they average around 70 years old. So those roots have that incredible Shen quality to them, and you can, and you can feel that. I could, you can probably attest to that by taking it. <laughs> um, Most definitely. It's not only, you know, if you're really, really sensitive uh, when you do that kind of ginseng, so you leave it in the mouth, and, of course, it'll start to absorb right in the, the, the mucosal linings of the mouth. But energetically, when I do those ginsengs, I can actually feel them. They sort of, like, shoot down to the lower parts of the body. They go down into the lower danchen, like into the – of course, they go into the spleen stomach, which is one of the organs that they go into. So you can feel that energy, but then all of a sudden, because it has – the wild roots in it, you'll get a, a feeling of the energy shooting up to your head. And that's like going up to the third eye. That's opening up the crown. Fascinated how, how it affects me differently depending upon what I'm doing, what, even what I've been eating. So I've been on a four-day fast now, and I've been taking lots of ginseng as a tea. Mm -hmm. Some of, the, I, some of the, the last conference we had, I picked up a, a whole big bag of um, American ginseng from you. So I've, I've, made a, uh -huh. I've been making big batches of tea with that. Uh, just as like a kind of a cooling, just relaxing type of kind of fast mode. And then I took some of the Shen Nong's ginseng. It, it did kind of pick me up a bit, and I don't know if that's what I needed. Maybe I was a little bit too tired because I'm fasting, but it's giving me enough energy. But one thing I really notice is its ability to help me sleep at night. I mean, I've been I've been doing the last three nights. I've been doing over ten hours of sleep as I've been fasting, and it's really been amazing watching the herbs work when I don't have any food in my system, which is something I really haven't done before. Hitting the herbs as hard without any food for a couple of days in my system. Wow. No, that's that, that's amazing. And you know, Lucian, what you were talking about is when you were doing the American ginseng tea. So American ginseng tea is a very yin. That's a very yin energy to it. So that will be more calming, you know, with the with the fluid. So what happened when you added the Shen Nung's ginseng? It gave you a little bit of a fire, you know. Yeah. So, so it balanced out that, that yin energy, and it's not like it, you know, it's not like it takes you over into this, um, this agitated kind of energy that people get when they do, uh, you know, like coffee or caffeine where, you know, the adrenals are, are being stressed because they're pumping adrenaline into the system. Right. You know, ginseng just doesn't do that. It's just, it just gives you this great feeling of this calm, energy and, and you can just you know get through anything that you need to get through it, it's really phenomenal all right that's fantastic well thanks so much for joining us here george uh, if you're listening to this as a member of the best day .com, you can always post your questions on the ask george lamoreau forum already there's been so many questions answered you could probably find an answer to your question that's already been posted because george diligently answered posts for for quite a long time and um it's a big job and 
it's uh, great to have him there when he can answer questions. But it's a great, it's, it's built into a great resource now because you put so much time into it. So if you remember the bestdaver.com, log in, check out that forum. And, um, and I would read through those posts. I read through those posts a couple weeks ago, and I was just amazed at how much people already understood in the advanced levels of the questions and then also the amount of time that you spent answering them. So it's now become like a little library, a little resource for people to use. So we want to thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. It was my pleasure. It was good to be with you. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.